0: The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. So to start with a story, that there was a mother, called her Mrs. R, and she had a little three-year-old boy, quite wild, loud, dangerous three-year-old boy, and they knew in the house if it was ever quiet for a few minutes, that meant one of two things. The kid ran out to a neighbor, okay, or... The kid got himself into trouble. And one day, she's sitting in the kitchen, and she's cooking. And she got a little bit engrossed in her cooking, perhaps, maybe enjoying the quiet a little bit too much. And after whatever amount of time it was, she realized, wait, it's it's pretty quiet in here. She looked around. Sun's nowhere. She, She opens the door outside, and she sees a bunch of ropes. Her son was playing with some ropes. And as she traces the ropes, she sees her son manage to... Entangle himself in the ropes, and worse than that, around his neck, and he was completely blue in the face. Immediately, she rushes into a panic. She starts screaming for help. People hear, someone calls Atsala. Atsala comes, they rush him to the hospital. They're waiting in the hospital, the nurses, their doctors, they rush him into whatever they could do, and she's left in the waiting room, trying to muster up whatever him she could say, and worse than that, thinking maybe I should have watched a little better. And she just can't get the thought out of her mind. If only I would have checked on him. If only I would have. Then she tries to say to him. And of course she called her husband in between. And her husband shows up shortly thereafter. And the two of them are sitting in the waiting room. Waiting. They don't know for anything. And after what seemed like forever obviously. The doctor comes out. And the doctor looks at them in the eye. And the doctor says he's going to live. They breathe a sigh of relief. Then the doctor continues. The next 24 hours are crucial. He was without oxygen for a very long time. Only within the next 24 hours will we know if there will be brain damage. And Mrs. and Mr. R try to ask the doctor questions What's going on? How long was it? And the doctor doesn't know much, walks away, and leaves them to their Tehillims. And the next 24 hours, they sat saying Tehillim for their son. And unfortunately, 24 hours later, the doctor had no update. And then another day, and the days. Rolled into a week and still the doctor keeps on telling them the baby's alive. The baby, the boy is alive, but not much more. We don't have any other details. He's not responding. He's basically in a coma. We're trying to do what we can do. And the days rolled into weeks, which rolled into months. And eventually Mr. and Mrs. R got into some sort of routine that at night they went home to sleep for a few hours. And during the day, they took shifts, spending the time in the waiting room in the hospital, waiting for something. And one morning, six o'clock in the morning, the phone rings and Mr. R picks up the phone and it's his cousin, Rav David, on the phone at six in the morning. And Rav David is someone who is very close with the Kazanish And Rav David, what's going on? Six in the morning, And Rav David is visibly or audibly shaken up and says to Mr. R, I had a dream last night, which I don't know what this dream means, but maybe you'll know what the dream means. And he starts to tell Mr. R that the night before, he saw a dream and he was in the heavens and he was sitting in front of the Bezdin Shalmailo, and there were three boxes. There was a box that said life, there was a box that said death. And then there was the middle box with pieces of paper and names on them. And the malachim were sitting there and they picked out a name and then there was some discussion amongst the different malachim and then they would take the name and they would put it in one box. And then they went to the next name and they picked up the name and there was some discussion and they put it into a different box. And this proceeded in the dream, and then he said they picked up a name, David, your son's name. And then there was a discussion. There was a discussion amongst the malachim, and all of a sudden, I noticed myself standing in the middle of the who Yehuda shuk, and there's a pair of blue scissors on the table. I pick up these blue scissors, I cut up the piece of paper that says your son's name, and then I woke up. And Mr. R says, yeah, he says that's it. I thought. You would know what, he says, okay. And he says, you're foolish, And he hangs up the phone. Two minutes later, Mr. Aris doesn't know what to do with himself. Before he even has a chance to tell his wife, the phone rings again. And it's the hospital. And the hospital says, you must come quickly. We can't give you any details over the phone. Click. And he wakes up his wife and he says, we have to go. Where are we going? The hospital called. There's no details. Let's go. And they get into the car and they rush over and, of course, the entire time, they're dreading the worst. And they're bracing themselves for, unfortunately, what they felt was the inevitable that they've sort of come to terms with over the last few weeks. And they get to the hospital and they dash up the stairs and they know exactly where the boy's room is. They run into the room and they open the door and the bed is empty. Now their heart sinks and they know it's over. And they go and they find the doctor and the doctor tells them, please sit down. And again, they know that this is what it is. And they brace themselves. And the doctor says, this morning, we're doing the rounds. And we came to your son's room. And we went to check on your son. And he opens his eyes. And then the doctor continues. Not only did he open his eyes, he sat up in bed. He jumped off the bed. And he said, where is he? What happened? He jumped off the bed. He's perfectly fine. And he's busy running around the ward. We can't keep him in his bed anymore. And... Mr. and Mrs. R nearly fainted on the spot, obviously, and they find their son. They do some tests. He's perfectly fine. They get in the car, and they go home. As they're driving home, Mr. R remembers, I never told my wife about the dream. So he turns to his wife, and he says, this morning, which was like 12 years ago, I got a call. She's like, I know, from the hospital. No, I got a different call from our cousin. And he told me a dream. And he starts to tell his wife over the dream. And as he finishes the dream, he turns to his wife to say, I don't know what this means. This is so strange and so odd. And his wife is pale, is white and shaking. And he turns to his wife and he says, you understand this dream? And his wife says, I'm a seamstress. I go to the shop to buy material. I always bring my own pair of blue scissors because I like my scissors better. They cut a little finer. I like them to use my scissors when they cut my material. And yesterday, when I went to buy some material, instead of handing the scissors to the man behind the counter, I decided, why not put a little bit of an extra garden sneeze? And I put it down on the table. And I thought, business our son, I'll do something. So those were the scissors that saved their son's life. Enjoyed this story? Come again, bring a friend. Stories to inspire